a sponge on my knees. I mean, I'll ask you. Not my kind of thing at all. I'm not, I'm not doing it again. Put it that way. Like, exactly. I mean, I've had a, and, th- and then I open up Hello! magazine, and there's Eamon Holmes gurning away on the front page with more makeup than the bride. 22 pages of the most boring wedding under the sun. Have a nice day. Bye. Oh, dear. It's too much on a Thursday. Yes, I had to look at the pictures of Eamon to see how much, how tired the poor bloke was looking. And there's a picture of Eamon Holmes' sons. I don't want to be rude, but they're fatter than he is. I didn't know who they were to start with. And I'm going to show Paul Savory, just, just in case somebody says, oh, you're very cruel, OK? These, this is Eamon Holmes' sons, OK? Mm-hmm. Bigger than him. Blimey. See? You're very accurate. Very accurate. I rest my case. I love it when people say, oh, you're so cruel about people. You go, I'm sorry, look at these pictures. His son, you thought anybody, you couldn't get fatter than Eamon Holmes. Have a look at his sons. I tell you, they are, they're even bigger than he is. And he's got a, another son as well with, with Ruth. So eight years they've been unmarried, so he's been called some names, I should imagine. But he's also got a daughter, I think, Rebecca. In fact, I don't know how many children he's got, but he looks really tired, poor soul. Does he know? Does he know how many children he's got, how tired he is? Well, he's covered in makeup, and obviously, as one of the papers said today, it's a bit sad when Piers Morgan's just got married, and um, he didn't sell his pictures to a magazine. Eamon Holmes feels that he has to sell it. Perhaps he needs the money. Well, you'll possibly find that there was a, a financial... Um, yes kind of investment. But why do people want to share their marriages with somebody? I mean, 95% of the people who will be looking at this are going, listen, fat boy, so you've got married to some woman you've been shacked up with for 12 years. Why why would you want to show people the pictures of it? Isn't it private? Well, I don't know. I I went to a a wedding once that was, uh, shall we say, sponsored by Hello Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they, they pretty much kept out of the way. Yeah. I went to Dale's wedding when Dale got married to Nell McAndrew (laughs) and they confiscated phones, cameras, everything because it was an OK wedding. And so all the guests were picked by OK magazine. I'm trying to think. I think we had to check our phones in as well. You check them in there Mm. and they take all the pictures and and, and that was how it worked. Whether it's the same for, uh, for Hello, I don't know. But OK magazine sponsored Elton John's party. And so they've got on the front cover, they've it's got... cost him a few bob. Exactly. Well, <laughs> last year, I think he raised five-point-something million. Oh, he's fantastic, For the one night. He? For the Elton John AIDS Foundation. But they've got... But it's, it's got Alex and Peter, and then in tiny letters, Sir Elton John's white tie and tiara ball. As if Alex and Peter were far more important. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, God knows what you'd be wearing if you went along to Eamon Holmes's uh, wedding. Because I noticed that Christopher Biggins had obviously dressed down for it. Did you go, Whale? You know perfectly well I was there. Now, you're being very tiresome. (laughs) (laughs) I know you were there. (laughs) Listen, 22 pages and another 1,400 next week. It's pushing it a bit, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I can tell you one thing that Eamon won't tell you. That Eamon is a very generous person. Um, And he... I don't know whether he got money from that or not, but I can tell you that he spent an enormous amount of his own money on it. Right. And, furthermore, you will notice from the group photograph that there were only a few selected people there. There weren't hundreds and hundreds of people. No, I was looking through the the pictures in this particular issue, and we've got more next week. And yes. um, we do, I mean, St- Stephen Way I've known for years, and uh, Gloria, of course, and Paul yes. Ross and uh, Jackie. 
and uh, Barry McGuigan, Jason Gardner. So quite, I, quite a number I, I, of celebrities. Oh, there are a few. Yeah. There are a few scattered around that, that Eamon has known over the years or worked with. But did you manage to spot me and Mrs Whale in the picture? No. Now, which... which are, are you in the big picture? Look in the big picture. Right. Look right at the back and you can see an oldish chap waving his Panama hat in the air. Oh, yes! <laughs> Is that... You're, you're, you're very near Biggins. Mrs. Whale has got her hand in front of my face. That's true, she has. Yes. Is she actually wearing a wedding outfit, or has she come in a nighty? She's in a nighty. <laughs> because we'd had such a good night the night before, she couldn't really get up in time. <laughs> it's unusual at your age. Well, <laughs> oh, no, I know, I know. But, you know, I have been blessed with good sleep. Well, you're true, actually. I mean, yes, you're right, actually. Now you've mentioned it. There's you, and it looks like Neil and Biggins. Yeah. Neil, Neil is like... Well, it sounds a bit showbiz, doesn't it? It is, actually. Yeah. But it was the best... I'm driving slowly in my open-top car. Can I tell everybody, the fog out here today is incredible. If you're on the motorway, be careful. Why are you driving in an open-top yes, car why are you driving? ten past five in the morning? I, I always choose to drive myself. I don't live the life of a heady celebrity, me. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, easier to wave at people, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it was, listen, it was a terrific do. Uh, the only drawback is, though, that you weren't allowed to take your phone or any camera in, and the whole place yeah. was surrounded by security guards. Yes, you see. So, in other words, it, it was a paid-for do, because we you have exactly the same at an OK do, where they confiscate your phone and camera. So, just when you think you're going to have a nice personal picture. No, there's only official pictures. Ah, uh, now, talking about OK while we get the morning, Mr Savory and I attended a luncheon last week that will be in OK next week. Yes, it's not in this week. Oh, I have, really? Yes, you'll be next yeah. week. Was so, it a good do? Um, it, well, it was a good do. Unfortunately, some people, not so far away from me on the end of a phone, didn't turn up. Oh, for goodness sake, who was that? I have no idea. Gee, he sods, honestly. I so, was yeah. there. Yeah, you were there, I know. Because he, he phoned me. I, uh, did, he, did he tell you I was sitting in the doctor's at the time? No, he told me you were queuing up for your iPhone. Well, it's outrageous. <laughs> outrageous. I've never heard anything like it in my life. <laughs> and even worse than that, he queued up for two hours and then gave up. <laughs> Goodness sake. I was very stressed. <laughs> See, if you were pleasant to people like Eamon, he could have rung the boss of Apple and got you one. Yeah, all right. Rub <laughs> it in now. <laughs> Listen, I've had a look at the size of his sons. You don't want them falling on you. That's very unkind. You are no spring chicken yourself. I'm not interested in spring chickens. <laughs> Listen, have a lovely day. Yeah, I shall if I get through this fog. Oh, really... Just be careful. Be careful. I am. I've got my fog lights, my hazards. No, I haven't got those don't on. Don't have your hazards on, no. Absolutely. And tell Mr Savory I'll take him up on his very kind offer. Oh, lo- oh all right. OK, lovely. Which Enjoy one was that? that? Yes, which one was that? <laughs> well, he knows. <laughs> yes, oh, OK. Do. Listen, have a nice day. See you later, guys. Hear you on the radio later. James Whale. Our man in the open-top car on the motorway with the, with the mist. Do you know, I love it when the mist comes in. I know it sounds awful, but I remember years ago going to Hampton Court because on the very first Hampton Court flower show, they, uh, it, was, it was done by a different company. Now it's done by the uh, RHS, Royal Horticultural Society. Mm-hmm. But in the early days, it wasn't. It was done by a private company. And they set up a radio station 
which was just playing classical music, a bit like classic FM. And, and I went to work for them for the duration of the show. So every morning at five o'clock, I would drive through the back of Hampton Court Palace. And, and you mist. drive, you, you, you come off Kingston Bridge and the mist and the bunnies bouncing around on each other's backs uh, in the fields. And you drive through and all the marquees and all the men, you know, oh, mate, you know, what, Dave? And then you park up next to this caravan and we had our own little radio station there. Well, there's Beautiful. a field near us full of deer. Oh, how nice. And it's in, it's in a dip. So this morning, the mist was in the dip, but the deer, you could see the tops of the deer. Isn't it lovely? It was beautiful. It does yeah. look pretty. We've got a lovely country here, you know. Even Leicester Square can be quite attractive at certain times of the day. In the dark. In the dark. <laughs> no, actually, in the dark is the time you don't want to go anywhere near no, it. No, you don't want to go in there, but it looks better in the dark. <laughs> but in, in OK Magazine, so next week, uh, Whale will be in there. Uh, unlike this week, where you've got a whale on the front page, and that's Vanessa Feltz, who's having a gastric band fitted. Yes, and she says, she I want Cheryl Tweedy's figure. No chance, dear. No chance. And the reason she's as big as she is is because she eats. She eats and eats and eats. And she admits that she can't stop eating. And so that's why she's had a gastric band fitted. And I said yesterday, it's just sheer bloody laziness for these so-called celebrities. Although, frankly, don't follow any of these people's lifestyles, ladies and gentlemen, because you'll end up either in rehab or, you know, sort of floating in a lake somewhere. Because they, they, they just need to get away from society. They just can't cope. It's all too traumatic. You remember, of course, Vanessa Feltz breaking down in the Big Brother house. Would Vanessa come to the Durham? No, I won't! Like some spoilt, petulant little child. Good, good bloody slap on the back of those hefty thighs, There's a pack of Mars bars in there, Vanessa. There is. OK, okay I'll be there, I'll be there. <laughs> so she's had a gastric band fitted, and the one thing she likes is Krispy Kreme donuts. And why should you not eat Krispy Kreme donuts? Because they're fattening. Beca no, not because they're fattening, but because they've got trans fats in them. Mm. And the one thing that the papers are big on today is all the companies who are still using trans fats, which are the worst kind of fat you can have. So they phone up Krispy Kreme, I've heard of all the other companies that they've named, and they said, do you use trans fats? Well, yes, but it's not really worth mentioning. It's only a small amount. 2%, ladies and gentlemen. That is over and above the NHS guidelines. So if you really want to be fat, eat cheap crap junk food like they sell in the high street, which we've said before. Anywhere that goes, oh, you can get three chicken wings, two chips, a Viennetra and a Coke, and it's one ninety nine. is crap food, OK? Be like us. Healthy. Five a day. We've got strawberries. We'll probably have a, a small cup of coffee. You know, that, that's something. That, and later, I shall probably go for a jog. And the McDonald's on the way home. There was a guy in, in America. Who was it? What did I see on the television? Oh, it was a woman who... Oh, she was on the um, uh, Ricky Lake show, and she, she tried to give up, because a lot of the women on the Ricky Lake show are quite big-bottomed. And she said, and I, I went to McDonald's... It's to make and, Ricky look smaller. Exactly. Well, Ricky, of course, trimmed down, if you remember. She did. Trimmed down a lot. But this woman, you can supersize McDonald's. And she said the one thing she missed was supersizing the McDonald's fries. And I looked at a portion. I thought, I'm not bloody surprised you're fat, love. Eating that lot, really bad for you. News headlines, the findings of an independent review into how the government responded to swine flu is published later amid uh, claims the threat was over-exaggerated. The parents of baby twin girls attacked by a fox say they're still too frightened to leave doors and windows open at their house in East London. And with Roger Federer out of Wimbledon, Andy Murray's waking up as Britain's best hope of a men's champion since the 1930s. Check on the state of the roads. It's Matt Jones. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. We'll uh, start off with a look at the tube. From 7, LBC 97.3. Hello. Hello. <laughs> 
It's Thursday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen. This uh, family with the children who are attacked by the fox are everywhere because there's a programme tonight on the television. They're in every single newspaper. And uh, I'd love to know what they do for a living because they live in Hackney in an £850,000 house. It's not difficult. In Is it really not? Is it quite no, up no, and coming? Is it affluent? Yeah, well, if you buy a house in the capital, yeah. uh, you know, a proper house as opposed to a flat, mm. it's going to cost you a lot of money. Oh, you know Bayswater, the Bayswater Road? Yes. On the right-hand side, there used to be a hotel, a big one, that ran up to the Royal Lancaster mm-hmm. on the right-hand side. But it's all been converted into flats. Yes. And they start it was two the million. Hempel, wasn't it? Was no, 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 it no. She's further, further along. Down. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a whole row of houses opposite the park. Okay. And it used to be a hotel. They start at two million and go up to fifteen million. They've sold eleven flats for one hundred and eight million already. Doesn't surprise me. Isn't it fantastic that we've got that much money? Uh, thank you very much indeed to Salim, who sent me in what now has to be the definitive joke book at England's expense. OK, so if, if you want to uh, podcast this part of the programme, these are all the England jokes that were doing the rounds after we lost. First one, OK, laugh at will. Rumours that John Terry was seen successfully seducing a young woman in a South African nightclub have been totally refuted by the English FA. The chief publicity officer stated, I find it totally preposterous to suggest that one of our players could make a successful pass to or at anyone. OK, <laughs> that's the first one. Um, Fabio Capello saw a ginger kid kicking a ball up against a wall and said, would you like to go and play for England? The kid said, no, sorry, I already get bullied enough for being ginger. OK, another one here. Uh, the England team went out to visit an, visit an orphanage in Cape Town on Saturday morning. It's good to put a smile on the faces of people with no hope. Constantly struggling and facing the impossible, says Jamal Umboto, age six. <laughs> but my, my favourite was bloke goes to the brothel. Says to the madam, I'm a bit kinky. How much for humiliation? 37 quid, she says. 37 pounds, he says. What the heck do you get for 37 quid? An England football shirt, she said. <laughs> OK. And uh, what do you call an Englishman in the knockout stages of the World Cup? A referee. OK. What's the difference between Wayne Rooney and Shrek? Shrek can save the day. <laughs> Three hours of football and Robert Green is still England's top scorer. What's the difference between a faulty jet engine and Wayne Rooney? The jet engine eventually stops whining. Ooh. Oh, I tell you, they're all there. Uh, what's the difference between the England team and a tea bag? The tea bag stays in the cup longer. <laughs> I mean, the, the, you know, it's, it's, like it's getting good. Uh, apparently, that, that fan had no trouble slipping into the England dressing room. Robert Green was guarding the door. OK. And um, <laughs> another one here. Uh, some good news, though, in training today. David James had 400 shots fired at him and didn't concede a single goal. Tomorrow, he and Emil Heskey will train with the rest of the squad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. And uh, what's the best thing now? England are out of the World Cup. Half-price England Mars bars. Thank you very much indeed, Salim, for those. Uh, Steve, does a Terry's chocolate orange count as part of the five-a-day? Give us a wave. We're in the van opposite in Charing Cross Road. Where are they? I'm not seeing if anybody's in a van down here. I've done this before. Oh, look! They're there! Look! Look! They're there! They can't see us. Look! They're can our they police ladies! Look! <laughs> they can't see us. They can't! Oh, they can. Look! They're they can't see us. They're they waving. Are. Look, Amanda! <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> they're our police officers. They're waving. Can oh, they see nice. us from there? 
That was good, wasn't I'm it? Not I like sure, that. Because I think they're reflective windows. I'm not, I, I know you can see. Push your whole body up against the glass. Look. <laughs> <laughs> you see them? Look. Yeah. This oh, is look, Amanda. she's what, This is Amanda. <laughs> it's a bit tragic, this is isn't Amanda. it? You see, she is. The girls are coming to the end of their shift now. If they were in here, they could have had strawberries. No, they can't because it's reflective. It's uh, there's three. We we can see layers you. Layers of glass. We can see you. That was good, wasn't it? Give us a wave. We're in the van opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Only my girls down there could do things like that. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> they must be coming to the end of a shift. I would think. I think they're probably out at about six six thirty, something like that. Something like that. Bless their hearts, honestly. Now they know where the window... We'll have to hang something in the window. I was going to suggest an England flag, but they'll have thought better. Yeah, we should just put the LBC logo, shouldn't we, on That's our true. window? Yes, I like that idea. Uh, very, very quickly, uh, Laura says, Can you mish, wish... Can you mish? Can you wish my mum, Linda, a happy birthday today? She's 60. She'll be thrilled. You telling everybody. She's 60 today. So, many happy returns of the day, Linda. And that's from Laura. Happy, happy returns. Uh, Adrian's back for it. Did you see Adrian? You you didn't see these at home, but we had a look at them here the other day of Adrian Sherling's wedding pictures. They wanted to have pictures taken on the towpath at Richmond, but unfortunately the tide came in and it was underwater. <laughs> so they just had to. Are they you serious? Out. Sorry, the tide came in and the towpath was underwater. Yeah, Richmond and Twickenham are tidal. Really? Oh dear God! In heaven, we have the water that comes three quarters of the way up our roads. In Twickenham. Really? You sound surprised. <laughs> I am surprised. But yeah, the, the, the Thames is tidal. Oh, I know, the Thames, the Thames is tidal. I didn't realise it went up that far. Well, the te- yeah, absolutely, yeah. It goes all the way up to Hampton Court and further. Oh. It's the same bit of water. Well, I mean, it's different water, but it's all, it's all the Thames. And so, if, if, when the water comes up in Richmond, the whole towpath is flooded. You can't do it. And when it, when it floods in uh, Twickenham, cars that are parked disappear. Gosh. There are warning signs. We do put them up. Well, in fact, actually, we've actually covered them up because it's entertaining for us. <laughs> <laughs> we sit there and we go, no, you'll be all right to park there. As the tide comes up in an hour, whoosh, it comes in. And there was a woman there, what was it, a couple of weeks ago. Mike and I were sitting there and uh, her, her car was just about under the water. Mm. And, uh, and she went, oh, oh. And we're going, oh, it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> Endless amusement. I know it's so mean, but it provides endless amusement down in Richmond, where people park on one of those ramps leading down to the river. When the tide comes in, it comes all the way up their windows. And everybody in the pub sits there and claps. (laughs) (laughs) We quite like it. Anyway, Adrian said, I put up yet more photos of all the LBC action at Biggin Hill from over the weekend. And uh, if you want to go and have a look at it, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk... And you can go and have a look at the great pictures. Yeah, there's, there's one of me looking particularly attractive, actually. But, so my hat's good, isn't it? I know, I like my hat. I, ne- I tell you what, that's the first hat that I've bought that, A, and you must get one too, Paul. Why? It's, um, it's um, what do they call it? What a boater. It's, it's a Panama-type hat. But yeah. also, it kept my head really cool. Because, you know, when you put a baseball cap on, you sweat. And I never put hats on my head. I don't know. Oh, right. And I'll tell you why. It always feels to me... As if they're still there after I've taken them off. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Is it cool. just me? <laughs> and I, and I, I just, just don't you. like the feel of hats on my head. Well, I love this one because the heat out in the middle of Biggin Hill was so much. So if you go to lbc.co.uk, and now the pictures of my hanging baskets have now attracted six thousand hits on my Twitter page. 
which is which is quite cool. I'm quite excited about it. It started off as nobody was looking at them, and then all of a sudden people have taken mm. off. So today I'm going to take another picture of them to put up this this week. So this is the pictures you took at the garden centre of their hanging baskets? No, they're my hanging baskets. Are you oh, sure? Honestly, you're very bitter. <laughs> and uh, anyway, in the papers today... <laughs> there's, Not there's a, a picture lot. of Christine uh, Lamplart. Sorry, no, Christine Bleakley. Hi, you. And, uh, and Lampers. Obviously they haven't got any money. They must be flat broke. They must be flat broke. You know why? They're staying in a hotel. You know, and you would think footballer on, what, 100 grand a week? You would think they'd be in a private place. But no, luckily for Christine, how are you, Bleakley? And old Frank, I went out with Ellen Reeves and we've got children. They, uh, they have to stay there with a photographer who's taking pictures of them. And it's so nice to see him looking really happy and smiling and laughing. As somebody who's a total failure on the football pitch... Uh, you know, you'd think that they would go and stay in a private villa and sort of enjoy a bit of the celebrity lifestyle, but a bit naff, I'm afraid. And in fact, Rue, Colleen and Kai, that's Wayne Kai, that Kai is their little uh, little child, uh, apparently jetted off to their £5 million Barbados villa. It's not a bad life being a footballer, is it? You could be a total failure and yet you go off on holiday and stick two fingers up to the rest of us because basically they couldn't give a forex about you lot, I'm afraid, at all. Ashley Cole has been bombarded. This is after he um, allegedly says, I hate England and the effing people. This is what he apparently... This is Ashley Cole. Mm. He said this strangely and uh, I, I don't know why... After it was on his his BlackBerry, why he would say that, and so now he started getting all these hate messages. Somebody said, "Go and fight in Afghanistan with real men." You jumped up, overpaid, egotistical little fool. Retire here from international football, says somebody else. And Eurostar says this merely proves he's a waste of skin, which I quite like that one. <laughs> That's quite a good idea. But uh, but um, mm. unfortunately, he's not popular. And they're now trying to work out whether or not he is the most unpopular man in the country. No, there's loads of other people. Loads of other people. Uh, Andy Murray is through. He, he is our hope, I'm afraid. That's it. Andy Murray is our hope for winning Wimbledon. OK, should we go home now? I don't want to make a prediction... But I tell you, he will not win Wimbledon. Oh, give the guy a break. Exactly. Well, I'm sick to death of giving people a break. Well, he's the best we've had for a very oh, long time. Oh, dear God. Well, that's it then, isn't it? That's the best we've had. Fantastic. Uh, Kelvin McKenzie admires Vanessa Feltz, because he's also tried to fight the flab. Well, there's Although, lots to admire. Strange enough, Kelvin McKenzie. Now, here was the odd thing in his column. He says, I was at Wimbledon on Saturday. Very posh thing to do, as you know. And he says, uh, two pims, half a lager and a small orange juice. Real working class stuff, isn't it? Two pims. Uh, it was 17 quid. A chalk ice on a stick, 350. OK, said it was Hagen dazs He said, no wonder tennis is exclusive and painfully middle class. They're the only ones who can afford it. Like you, sweet pea, because you paid it. Because you are the champagne socialist. He is the man who earns in excess of 500 grand a year and then complains about a 350 chalk ice and a pims. You know, I'm surprised you didn't take a flask, love. And perhaps drag your parents along at the same time. You know, make a big day of it. You know, take sandwiches or something. There's nothing worse than those in the media who earn a small fortune and then complain about the prices and try and pretend that they're working class and they're in touch with you. It's a load of old codswallop, I'm afraid. Paul. Steve. <laughs> a bouncy <laughs> castle. What are about of haagen at 350 <laughs> Stupid man. Stupid man. Ooh, sorry. It's all right. Um, there's a bouncy castle version of the Titanic, oh. complete with inflatable icebergs. It's been branded sick by critics at a toy trade fair. 
The 40-foot-high slide is a replica of the ill-fated luxury liner, which sank on its maiden voyage to New York in 1912, drowning 1,517 passengers and crew. It shows the crippled liner sinking with its keeled raised hide in the air and uh, just about to disappear under the waves forever. Organisers of the Bouncy Castle Fair at Ebach in Switzerland say the exhibit has gone down well with visitors, but Switzerland's Titanic Club spokesman said it's, eth- it's not ethical to let kids slide down the decks of a blow-up Titanic. Hundreds of people died sliding down those decks. I, I, I have to agree. I know, I know people say it was a long while ago, but in fact I fell out with French and Saunders because they did a sketch on one of their Christmas shows about the Titanic when Kate Winslet was in it, and they were there with the... Uh, they had the uh, the metal yes, gates, and they were shaking. I yes. remember thinking, excuse me, people in third class bloody well died so you can get a cheap laugh out of them. And it was at that moment I thought, no, now that, that was taking a bit. I didn't know anybody on the Titanic, but I just thought that was a bit bad. You know, mm. why, why don't you do a joke about people in Afghanistan being blown up? You know, it's, I found it equally as distasteful, I'm afraid. Yes, so, well, some of the uh, alternative comedians, unfortunately, do, don't they? Well, do you remember Ernie Wise said years ago, when alternative comedians came in... And, and he said the reason they're called alternative is because they're not funny. And I thought, well, actually, some of them are, but when it's sort of taking the mickey out of things like that, I'm not too sure about it. Anyway, more from Paul Savory, our special guest this Thursday, here on LBC. <laughs> from the LBC News Centre, I'm Clemency Norris. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Thursday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, and it's... Paul Savory with us today. Good morning. <laughs> and and half of London's police force out the back on the Jared Gross Road. Fancy letting them drive around in a wagon now. Actually, I looked for them Why this morning. <laughs> I've never been in one of those. I was going to say it's cold, but it isn't, is it? I've never been in the police station. I went in. I've been into Twickenham Police Station a few times. <laughs> don't wish for something too hard. You I, might, know, I know. You I don't know. really don't want to go for a ride in the back of a black Mariah. I said a black Mariah. They're not been black Mariahs No, I for know. Ages. All right, a white stripy Mariah. White stripy. Whatever Mariah. I do feel immensely sorry for this mother the other day. Uh, this electric gate that kept going across and killed her daughter. It crushed her daughter. And you forget that these electric gates, which are on flats and things like that, how on earth this kid was still standing there when the gate closed? I've got no idea. But. Um, she was in the backyard when she followed a vehicle leaving a gated residence car park, but the iron gate weighing three quarters of a ton then slid shut, pinning her daughter Samelia between a gatepost and a brick wall. Now, to be honest with you, these things don't go like that. They move quite slowly. The gate comes across. Was this girl standing there waiting for it to close? I don't understand how. And so the mother pushed the button on the thing to stop it, and it kept going. Well, they're all supposed to have sensors that when they touch something, they stop. And also, there are little eyes. We have it on our lift. We had it put in. So that if you put your hand there, the door's open again. I I don't understand how this girl stood there and this gate carried on going. Ridiculous. Anyway, uh, this week, over in, uh, in Cyprus, they had a Russian spy, which, as Nathan Morley will now tell you, makes such a change from Peter Andre. Morning, Nathan. Well, it does. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, Peter Andre's super, is charming, mm. is a lovely fella, but he doesn't have any, the air of mystery of a Russian spy. No. Uh, but the problem is, I'm, I have to report to you because there has been a development. Oh. Our Russian spy, who is the 11th in this international spy ring, has gone missing. Um, gone missing? Th- Yes, this, this may be an LBC breaking news update, actually. Um, for some reason, and do not ask me why, 
It's understood this man, his name's uh, Christopher Metzos, the 11th member of this spy ring. He was arrested here two days ago, and for some reason, they let him out on bail to appear <laughs> later this week. Well, I'm glad it's surprise, just not surprise, this country. <laughs> uh, well, surprise, surprise, he's gone missing. <laughs> no. So the police are out looking for him. No. Yeah. <sighs> oh, I kid you not. Oh, Dear. Only in Cyprus would you let an international super spy out on 20,000 euros bail and expect him to turn up the next day. Well, <laughs> it's a stupid over here, Nathan. It's when we have uh, illegal asylum people, they then go, right, you've been refused entry. If you'd like to turn up to the airport and get on a plane and go home. And they wonder why three quarters of them go, yeah, right, OK, see you. And that's go the last right, you ever mate. see of them. Yeah, They're yeah. generally driving pizza delivery bikes all over the place. Yes, well, the Grey Society, I think they call it. There is yes. a, um, uh, in Britain, it's over two or three million, isn't it? And uh, the, the society, that's so. not uh, paperwork. So oh, I speak. should imagine that you could probably go into an awful lot of restaurants to discover people there cooking and working who shouldn't be there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, simple yeah, as that. That's what, uh, they, mm. Nobody ever goes round and checks. You but I tell you what, mm. we have a plethora of here. And um, three, I discovered the other day, people using these uh, disabled stickers in their cars. A guy mm. the other day who was selling fire extinguishers, a young guy, had a disabled sticker on the front of his car. And I wanted to say to him, because it, Michael and I passed it, I went, Michael went, he's got a disabled sticker. I said... But he's selling fire extinguishers. He was perfectly able-bodied. Blow me down. A four-by-four pulls up. Fat bloke gets out. Runs over the road. He's put a disabled sticker on the front of his car. He's not disabled. Another bloke pulls up in a Mercedes with two bikes strapped to the back of it. And gets out. Puts a disabled sticker on the front. Gets out. Runs over the road. Now, the whole idea of a disabled sticker here, I don't know how it works where you are, is that that you're able to park nearer because you can't walk very far. Well, these yes. people are running, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I mean, I begin well, to wonder what the criteria is now. Well, generally here, what happens is you park anywhere you want, regardless of whether you're disabled or not. Uh, and most driving licences here are issued in cornflake boxes. Yes, so, yes. you know, you don't really have the rules of the road, and I hate to say this, are pretty appalling. Yeah. Um, uh, you see if you can squeeze your car in on any pa- pavement pedestrian area. <laughs> Why is it like that over there? Why are there so many people driving on Cyprus who do not have either insurance or any sort of things like that, or even driving licence? Is, is it because they, they, they've never bothered over the years? Yeah, there was a kind of culture for many years, not just in Cyprus, in many years, southern European countries, where, you know, you learn to drive from your uncle or your dad or whatever. Mm. And the paperwork really seemed like a bit of an effort. You know, well, I can control the gearbox and I can move the car and I've been driving since I was four, you know, on the farm. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and they just never get a license or insurance. And the, this is the big problem here, really. And also we have, and I hate to say it, um, because it, 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 uh, we have an increasing population, a growing population coming in from the former Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc, uh, where the driving standards are very poor. Oh, and man. their licences aren't compatible with EU licences. So there are things in the Cyprus they encounter, such as roundabouts, you know, um, yes. uh, the, the, the crossings um, uh, on, on main roads, which, which many don't understand. And there are accidents every day simply because they're not briefed on how to, to drive on these roads. I actually, is... the other day, I shouted at a woman. I was, I was talking to Paul Cooper in his uh, shop, and next to him there was a road, and it's one way. 
and mm. it's going up, not down. And this woman is driving down with sort of half a niqab on and all the rest of it, and she's driving down, and she's got a little kiddie's seat on it, and Paul's oh. going, one way. Well, she looks at him like he's stupid. And so I bang mm. on the side of the car, because, I mean, she could have knocked somebody over, and go, it's a one-way street. Look straight for <laughs> us. And you think to yourself, how has this woman actually got a driving licence when she oh, doesn't yeah. even know what a one-way street is? I mean, uh, do, do, they, do they take tests or do they not? I drive to Biggin Hill on Saturday with Darren. We saw more people driving straight over red lights than I've ever seen before in my life. I began to wonder whether or not we just didn't bother anymore. Not a policeman out there. I tell you, give me a mm. uniform for a day. I'll have them banged up. I'd have well, uh, yeah, it's funny, thing. isn't it? The road violations. I've noticed more and more of that recently as well. It's like the whole world's gone balmy. Nobody really cares anymore. <laughs> I know, I'm beginning <laughs> to think that people like you and me, law-abiding citizens, are, are people out on a limb. Well, yes, I'm losing it a little bit with my car dealer at the moment. I have to be honest, I've spent five days uh, with, with, a, with a, an existing problem with my car. I don't know what it is with car dealers. Mm. Are they, not dealers, car mechanics, are they all trained just to wind you up deliberately, yes. you know? Yes, uh, they, they have this kind of vocabulary, which... Uh, include, like yesterday, I had this guy, and he said, uh, it's, um, Mr. Morley... How much do you know about the internal workings of an automatic gearbox? Tell he's Greek. He's Greek. I said, <laughs> what kind of bloody answer do you want from me? <laughs> what, what do you think I know about the internal workings? Are you trying to be clever? You know, I... I <laughs> well, he obviously is. He managed to wind you up. <laughs> oh, well, he does one. It's quite obvious I know nothing about cars. Yeah. Never mind the... In- I don't know the internal workings of anything. Anyway, I they understand just do that. how it works. Uh, you understand? Well, you get on a plane and sort my car out. I, I mean, what, what, t- t- tell me the, the symptoms and I'll tell you what it is. Well, they're calling it slippage, but I understand yeah. that it won't go further than second. Yes. And it cuts out if I'm in a, a pretty tricky situation yeah. or a motorway. Yeah, I know this this problem. Yeah? I know exactly what it is. So would you pay five and a half thousand euros to have it fixed? No. Right. <laughs> How much is your car worth? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You'd be better off with, with a perambulator. Paul, you've asked, the, you've asked the million dollar question there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, sometimes they always say when, when a car starts costing you money, that's the time to get rid of it. Because no you amount don't. of repairing is going to keep it going. Unlike my car, which does cost a lot to keep going, because it's, it's the, the top end of the market. You look at people who've got mm. Ferraris and Lamborghinis, mm. they, they cost a lot of money because they're, they're so finely tuned. Mm. Mm, that's true. That's, I, I love my car very much. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Not worth €5,000. That's about £4,000-odd. I, w- I would change it. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking of doing that as well. Yeah. So put, um, it, put in something to and, and just sort of, and whenever you take somebody out for for a test run in it, just take them as far as the end of the road. So you don't need to go above second. <laughs> okay, then get out, push it round, and then say, and that's that's how it goes. <laughs> I don't have the heart to do that. I was talking with my wife about it last night. Yeah. I was saying uh, if this car can't be properly fixed by the idiots at Mercedes here. Uh, who must be the, like, the, like the Marx Brothers. If they cannot fix this car, oh. I said, I'm not going... It's a beautiful car. Oh. It's a beautiful Mercedes, and I oh. love it very much. But yeah. if, they, if they can't do the job on it, I, I'm not going to sell it on. I well, said, then you know, why but... don't you do it as a trade-in? And that way, it's their responsibility if it doesn't work. It's up to them to have looked it over beforehand. 
Mm, I may do. I may do. I'm, 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 what I'm colour is it? It's black. Get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, black, dreadful colour in a, in a car. No, no it's not. Uh, it looks gorgeous. like Mini Mafia, I should imagine, when no. he's driving it. Mine's black with well, cream no, leather. Well, me and my spy friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. The spy friend who has gone missing. <laughs> spy friend. Do you know that's my story this morning? I'm off, as soon as I've done this, I'm off out looking for the spy. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you probably find kidding? him before everybody yes, else. Yes, you will probably find him because you're like that. You're like an exocet, aren't you? You home in on things. I've got a pretty good idea where he might be. Really? He's in your yes. kitchen, isn't he? Sorry? He's in your kitchen talking to he's, the dog. Uh, he's <laughs> hiding in my, in my storeroom in the garden. <laughs> but I, this week, actually, I, I must briefly mention, but Paul sent me a list of records that he might have mentioned to you. No, he uh, tells me nothing. Uh, well, it, Paul, Paul owns an enormous back catalogue of records. Nothing? I tell you what, Paul. Yes. Uh, I, uh, you said on your email, don't print this off. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, don't print it off. Uh, don't print this list off. <laughs> it's five and a half thousand pages, is it? Yes. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Five and a half thousand pages of all the songs he owns. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Why, I, are you I, thinking I, of buying I, some? Sorry? <laughs> are you thinking of buying some? No, I'm giving them to him so he can put he's, them towards yeah, a car. Yeah, chari- it's, it's a charity case. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, strangely enough, Paul, Paul did actually call me yesterday. And, yeah. uh, and, I, and I thought it was very strange because my phone rang. And so I, I picked it up and went, hello. And it said Paul, Paul Savory on there. And I went, hello. And nothing happened. I went, hello. And still nothing happened, so in the end I hung up. Did I do it again? <laughs> yeah. Oh. You started pushing the wrong button again. I'm obviously on speed dial. So I'm talking to uh, nobody. It's so infuriating. Sorry. Oh, I have that problem with my phone. People can't hear me when I say you have the first hello. And then I say the second hello because I'm irritated. And it always sounds when people phone me as if I've got a temper problem. <laughs> uh, it's, and it's, it's Nokia. Honestly, they used to make such good phones, but they, yeah. the stuff they make now is dreadful. I'm on the phone to my bank manager and she'll go, no, you've actually gone again. I go, no, I'm here. She's gone, no, I can't hear you. I'm going, I'm here. <laughs> I'm like you. I get, I get a bit short-tempered. And then she goes, don't need to shout. <laughs> so I, wasn't, I wasn't shouting. Have you got a Nokia? Sorry? Have you got a Nokia? I can't hear him at all now. What's happening now? Is, is, is he uh, gone? Uh, 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 Have I got a Nokia? No? Yeah. <laughs> Can you get cream for it? Uh, well, I don't think in your case, my darling. You need to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I love these, these little local accents you do, the regional well, accents. Well, thank you very much. I they're, try. They're I was listening to Radio Cornwall when I was a boy, you see. Gee, I, lo- I love that. Some of these accents are really funny, aren't they? I know. Have you ever been to Padstow in the summertime? It's lovely. No. I've been in the winter. It's equally as exciting. Yeah, but they don't like the tourists there. They call them Emmets. Emmets. You know, yeah, you see the Cornish, <laughs> which I find funny about the Cornish, is that all of the year, you know, preparing for the tourist trade, where they make their bread and butter, and then the tourists go at the end of the season, they say, thank God for that, I can't stand these English tourists. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be delighted to know that your, your story about the uh, person arrested on suspicion of being part of the Russian spirit has gone missing in Cyprus. So yeah, I could, said that. If, if, but yeah, I know, but it's, it's going to come up in a minute, I'm going to read it. But if, if you could find him by six, I'll weave it into the six o'clock bulletin. i tell you what, get the LBC newsroom to call me, I'm on the case, because I've got a beautiful piece in this morning's newspaper about uh, the history okay. of spying in Cyprus. I'll have a word with the little woman next door. And, yeah, uh, I'm not cheap, by them. the way. Sorry? I'm not cheap. That's what you think. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. All right, the spy who loves me signing off. Take Ta-ra. care. Nathan Morley, man in... Uh, all right, I'll go off you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm extending your welcome. And uh, the spy who loved me, out there in Cyprus. <laughs>
These are the headlines. An independent review will give its verdict on the UK's response to swine flu later. It's claimed the threat caused by the H1N1 virus was over-exaggerated and fewer people were killed by it than normal winter flu. The parents of the twin baby girls attacked by a fox in East London have given their first full interview. They say they're still too frightened to leave doors and windows open. And as you've just heard, one of the people arrested on suspicion of being part of a Russian spy ring has gone missing after being granted bail. Christopher Metsos was detained in Cyprus. Check on the roads for you this morning. It's Matt Jones. Thank you, Steve. We have some trouble on the M4 this morning. In 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Thursday morning. In, oh, look, the sun's coming out again. Too hot for me yesterday. Too hot again. I mean, I'm rubbish in this heat, Paul. Yes, well, I can't sleep. I can sleep? I can sleep for the country at the moment. I think that's diabetes. I'm sure in summer, diabetes gets worse, because I talked to Jenny Barnett yesterday uh, about it, because she's diabetic, but she doesn't take any medication. She, she survives on her own sort of things. But the one thing she, she, she hates, the thing that puts her off, is injections or mm. amputations or going blind. <laughs> yes. You know, all, all the things which affect diabetics. You know, the thing, you, you know, you have to have these, uh, these eye scans all the time to make sure that your eyes are fine, and they test your feet. Mm-hmm. You've got little needles that they put in to make sure you've got feeling there. Indeed. And she's worried about it. And I said, well, listen, if you, if you follow the medication through and you talk to your GP and your pharmacist, then it'll be fine. They're well, there to look at It's in their best interest to keep you going. Indeed, you know, if she's worried about it, then she should absolutely do something about it. Yeah, well, she, so she's, she's quite, it. she quite happily likes, I think, homeopathic-type remedies. Mm. She doesn't, she's not a doctor-type person. No. Whereas, unfortunately, something as serious as diabetes, you need to talk to a doctor. Indeed, you, you know, do. need to talk to the, uh, the experts. Uh, Newsflash, Justin, Fabio Capello has arranged a friendly match against Iceland. I'm told if it all goes well, there's going to be more matches against Tesco, Sainsbury's and Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> it's an old one. Uh, Ian says the Thames isn't tidal at Hampton Court. I didn't say it was tidal. I said the, the Thames goes up to Hampton Court. And uh, the tidal Thames is at Teddington. And, uh, and we have it in Richmond and we have it in Twickenham. In fact, we have flashing warning lights as it, it moves. Up. It can go halfway up uh, the uh, Water Lane, so, so called, which is very good. And uh, Robbie, good morning. And uh, G in Tottenham, thank you very much indeed for uh, all the uh, the jokes which we seem to be getting at the moment. Paul. Steve, you'd be pleased to know that a flying car is to go into commercial production after manufacturers were given a special exemption by US aviation officials. The Terrafugia Transition is designed as a light sport aircraft, the smallest kind of private aircraft under FAA classification. But manufacturers found it impossible to keep under the £1,320 weight limit once they'd added safety features such as airbags, crumple zones and a roll cage required for road vehicles. Uniquely, however, the FAA has granted the transition an exemption, allowing it to be classified as a light sport aircraft despite being £120 over the limit. Light sport aircraft licences require just 20 hours flying time, making them much easier to obtain than full private licences. The two-seater transition can use its front-wheel drive on, on roads at ordinary highway speeds with wings folded at a respectable 30 miles an hour. Lovely. Very Which nice. is good enough for, the, for London, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it looks like a bubble car with fins on it, actually. But it, oh it, yeah, it might be good. I like that. I tell you what, I keep seeing in London Richmond. is that uh, amphibious vehicle, the frog or the duck, oh, or yes. whatever they call it. Yeah, I've never wanted to do it because they obviously pack them in there at 
20 quid ahead or whatever it is. One thing I've never done, as far as uh, transport is concerned, is I've always wanted to go on one of those planes that land on the sea. Oh, uh, an amphibious uh, an amphib- Oh, you've never one. done that? Yeah, I've never done it, and I want to do it one day. I don't think I've ever done that either. Shh. Anyway, she's, think it'd be uh, a big thrill. She's going through her butch biker phase today, by the look of it. Excuse with the, me? With the Levi jacket on, because I'm a biker chick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise Chinese people did that. They do. A lot of the Chinese do that. Uh, apparently, poor old Nigel uh, eats uh, Krispy Kreme donuts by the dozen. Mm. And he says they contain less than 0.5% trans fats. No, they don't. They're 2%, I'm afraid. They've admitted uh, really to think, 2%. I think he should go for a cholesterol yes. test pretty And he quickly. says, I've never succumbed to being an overweight slob. You will. You will. Because uh, they're one of the companies singled out in the paper today. So, uh, But, of course, if, if you like eating that kind of stuff, good for you. Mm. You know. Don't come crying to me in years to come. Oh, balloons. I said, well, we told you about it a long time ago. They're doing something very interesting on the th- on the Thames. On the Which what? It, on the Thames. Oh, on the Thames. On the river And Thames. it's called Henry VIII's Honeymoon. Right. And it's a company called Destination Richmond. They've got a website, which is www.destinationrichmond.co.uk. And it's on the 24th of July. And it goes from Richmond Riverside to Hampton Court Palace. And there's... You can go on this fabulous steamer, you go through Kingston, uh, there's a trumpet fanfare, Tudor gun firing. It sounds quite good, doesn't it, actually? Mm. And they've got, um, there's food and everything, 30 quid for adults. 30 Absolutely. quid for going up, starting at 8.30 in the morning, finishing at 6.30 at night. It's a whole day out on the Thames, which sounds quite nice. And it's uh, reenacting the honeymoon of Henry VIII and Lady Jane Seymour. Did he have her killed? I can't remember if he killed her. I can't lo- remember. There's a, there's a poem that went along with the wives that he executed and those he didn't. I can't remember where. Yeah. J- Lady Jane Seymour, yeah. I think she was executed as well, actually, but like, we, we, we will check. So check out their uh, website, destinationrichmond.co.uk. And it's Henry VIII's honeymoon pageant on the 24th of July. Sounds good. I could, I could go for something like that. Yeah, me too. On the Thames. And uh, over at Wimbledon Theatre, on the 26th of September, they have, uh, to celebrate their 100th birthday... Now, we go back a long way on this programme with the Wimbledon Theatre, mm-hmm. because the former manager and the PR, uh, we used to do all the time. If they appeared at Wimbledon Theatre, they were on this programme. But they've got a big, uh, a big show coming up with Barry Cryer, Catherine Tate, Four Puffs and a Piano... <laughs> Gareth Gates, Joe Pasquale, June Whitfield, Paul Zerdin, Rick Wakeman, Ron Moody, Stavros Flatley, Alastair McGowan. It's a big lineup, actually. And it's going to be directed by Kevin Bishop. Now, Kevin Bishop has done most of the Royal Varieties. And uh, he's been executive, I think, for nine of them and four children's. He's done the Eurovision Song Contest, numerous comedy programmes. And uh, Max Clifford is also uh, together with Peter Elliott from the Entertainment Artists Benevolent Fund. So it, it sounds like a good line-up, doesn't it? Celebrate 100 years of the Wimbledon Theatre, 26th of September. So check that one out, as they say. Yeah, like to to things. yeah it'd be nice to do that as well. Uh, as the sun comes up, to, I don't know what it's going to be today. I'm happy to stay in in this weather. Warm. I bought a fan the other day. And um, it's a tall cylindrical fan. I wanted something long and thin. And... It was very nice. I bought it from John Lewis, and it was £57. And I thought, that, that's OK, it's great. If you're an elderly person, don't waste your money. Because you'll never put it together. 
I put it together, but I, all I kept thinking as I'm doing it, you've got to take it out of the box, it's got packaging and bags, and you've got to cut this off here and then screw this bit together here. If you're an elderly person, you'll never manage it. It's like giving you a flat pack piece of furniture. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, it is up and running, it is quite nice. What? What? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I'm just complaining about everything. I can't help you it. You can't put a fan together. They're easy peasy. Well, this one's not easy peasy. It's a lot. If, if I showed you, it's, it stands this tall. It's about five foot tall. Mm. And it's thin, but the base of it clips together. And then you've got to turn it upside down and screw it in. Well, it's five oh, foot tall. So you should have got one of the new Dyson ones. I've got one. Have you? I've got one, yeah. Have you got one? Have you got one or two? One. You've you got bought, two? You only bought one. Yeah. You never buy one of anything. I, well, I know. And this one I did, actually. I'm sorry yes, they are say. good, and no, I haven't got one. Oh, right. Oh, thank goodness for that. £200. Yes, I know. It's a lot of money for a fan. Yes, but they're good. Yeah, it is good. Uh, Liz says, you look very suave in your hat and sunglasses in the Biggin Hill photographs. The hat was definitely worth the 45 quid you spent on it. Yeah, I think it was, too. I tried on a few, and uh, I liked it. Um, I've got it in the car, actually. Oh, Jane Seymour died after childbirth. Right. Actually, to be honest with you, probably a blessing in disguise, I should I'm imagine. Sure it was. Because uh, the executions that went on. That's why I'm a member of historic royal palaces. So you can go to the Tower of London and relive it. And relive the executions and, and how vile we were and dreadful and macabre. And... It's interesting, though. Mm. What's the matter? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm a member of royal palaces. So I can so go I can there. Be there and vile. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is true, actually. Oh, we'll, we'll talk to Roger Foss later. He went to the Oliver show last night. D- girl, girlie next door didn't go. No, did you? I didn't. didn't go, did you? Look, at look, she's not going. I go. went to see Sweet Charity instead. No, you couldn't go. She was sicky poos. Sicky poos, oh, sicky poos. So she didn't go. John Warrington didn't go either. No. John Warrington didn't go. He asked for tickets. But Ron Moody appeared on stage at the end and sang, you got to pick a pocket or two. And, uh, strangely enough, Mark Lester was in the audience. Was he? As well. But, even more of a coincidence, George Layton, who 16 years ago was Fagin at the Palladium, and I went down to see George, Mm -hmm. he is uh, at the New End Theatre in Hampstead at the moment in the bespoke overcoat by Wolf Mankiewicz. This is such a historic piece. If you, if you don't believe me, check it out on the internet. They've had fantastic reviews. They've now extended the run to the 17th of July. It's gloriously short. One act starts at 7.15, out at 8. That's what you call theatre. So do go. Do go and check it out. George Layton uh, in the bespoke overcoat by Wolf Mankiewicz at the New End Theatre in Hampstead. They're now running till the 17th of July. What? Morning, everybody. It's going to be another scorcher. Third. I'm so glad at two o'clock this morning I'm standing outside watering the hanging baskets because they dry out very quickly in this weather. Anyway, seven minutes past six. Nice to be company. Don't forget, on the LBC website, they put up new pictures uh, from Biggin Hill if you're a fan of planes. And I think, actually, there's some more of the team up there as well. Don't forget, of course, the all-important Steve Allen hanging baskets, which are on the uh, lbc.co.uk forward slash Twitter. And then you can click on all the different presenters. And, uh, and you can have a look at me and have a look at my hanging baskets. And I'm going to take another picture today and put that up on Sunday. But if you go to the LBC website, have a look at the new Big and Hill pictures. I mean, if you've never been, it sounds really crass to say so now it's, now it's finished. But do go. 
Because Paul Savory would have would have come down. Had he known I was going down, he, he would have I certainly gone, would. wouldn't you? Yes, I used to go to... Um, was it, I'm trying to think of the name of the, the really, really big air show. Farnborough. Farnborough. Yeah. I kept on wanting to say Farnham. Farnborough. Mm. I used to go there every year. In fact, the first thing I did on LBC was a report of a, of a plane crash. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Gosh. Long, long time ago. It was, it two, was good. Two MiG fighters collided when, when they were doing the show. <laughs> but we, we were so close... So close to the to the runway. Mm. I mean, within oh, fifty yes. feet yes. of the runway. Yeah. And when you see these, and I've said it before, it sounds really stupid because I'm I'm not a huge plane fan because I grew up surrounded by the blooming things. You tend not to be. Sure. And the, the Chinooks. I mean, these are things are so manoeuvrable, mm. and you can, it's just amazing. But really, there is really good. there is something. There's an excitement about it somehow. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. I think people who are plane aficionados. Absolutely love it, and it 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 overtakes everything. Because when the red arrows came in before they did the display later on, I mean the speed, and just and the manoeuvre, but just everything. It was just it was just really really good actually. Uh, dear Steve, thank you for mentioning Christopher. Says Mary, having his tonsils out. He was very brave, and it went very well. They do encourage eating hard food toast to keep the throat clear, mm-hmm. but he will be getting plenty of ice cream as well. See, that's the bonus, isn't it? Yes. Don't tell Kelvin McKenzie he'll be complaining about the price of ice cream. £3.50 for a haagen It's disgraceful for somebody earning half a million pounds a year. Steve says, good point about the driving licence. Most of them also seem to think pedestrian crossings are optional. That's whether you stop or not. In other words, you do take your life in your hands when you see people. He says, I, as a lorry driver, have to put up with these muppets every day. Well, I saw the worst thing ever on Saturday night. You know these blooming awful cycle... Pedalo oh, yeah. chariot things. The illegal. They well, they're not illegal, but I wish they would make them illegal because they're well, probably dangerous. They're supposed to be licensed, and they're <laughs> supposed to display um, a, a license on the back. I believe in the same way as a black cab, which they don't. Most mm. of them don't have lights on, and one on Saturday night was going around Marble Arch roundabout the wrong way. Yeah. I, 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 first of all, if I was the passenger, yes. I would have been. Worried, to say the least. Well, what with them and the illegal blooming minicabs at Piccadilly Circus trying to con people coming out of bars. Yeah, minicab, minicab, don't get in them. Oh, they are Most of them will mug you. I do not understand why we allow these things on the streets. Well, there's too many of them, that's why. No other city has the problems we have. You go to Manchester, if they have an illegal minicab up there, all the other minicab drivers get rid of them straight away. You're not taking any of our trade, pal. Mm, go down to Southampton many. and Brighton, they're all marked cars. But, you know, the, the thing is, we're, we're trying to get this city moving, and we've got these things on the streets, particularly at night, clogging it all up. Yeah. Dri- driving side by side half the time. Chatting. Chatting, I yeah. just run them off the road. Terribly sorry, ran you off the road. Sorry about that. You're not licensed to be on here. You've got no insurance. Well, and they're sponsored exactly. by big companies. I avoid those companies that sponsor them, I'm afraid. Well, I... I'm... I think everybody should. <clears throat> Rob and the A13 got stopped twice in Cyprus in 24 hours because the rental car had red number plates and I was told I committed a traffic offence and was told to pay €25 Euro fine. That's their, their sort of good con over there. They've got all sorts of things. Yeah, well, there is a con going on in France at the moment that you should be aware of. Which is? Uh, that is, um, every car driving into France needs to have a warning triangle in the back. Yes. Plus a high-visibility jacket for yes. every passenger in the car. Mm. So the police in France have taken it upon themselves to stop cars coming off the ferry, checking them and finding them if they don't have these things inside. Mm. So, so if you're going for a day trip to France, yeah. 
make sure you have your warning triangle and a high visibility jacket, one for each passenger in the car. They do sell them at the uh, Eurostar terminal, and then and they're not expensive. They're just what a few a pounds, pile of but rubbish. make sure you have them. What a, how rid- honestly, what a con for the French police. Not the most intelligent in the world. I think they rank alongside the Austrian police. As being the ones where you slip them some money and they'll forget about it. No, I don't know about that. But... I, d- I think we need something over here. I'm sorry, are you French? Go home. Go home! <laughs> Get rid of people very quickly. There is a seaplane that lands on the Clyde in Glasgow and flies to some of the islands, oh, says Brian. That sounds quite nice, actually. Uh, right, the, uh, the poem to remember for the wives of Henry VIII is Divorced, Beheaded, Died. Divorced, Beheaded, Survived. Okay, so Jane Seymour died in childbirth. Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard were beheaded. Uh, Jane Seymour died shortly after having Edward VI. So it's divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, outlived or survived. Thank you, Dee, very much indeed. And Jess says, didn't Jane Seymour become medicine woman? (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, What have you got against Murray? At least he fights to win, unlike England, says Graham. Well, you see, I've, I'm sorry, I've, I, didn't, I don't buy into all this sort of rubbish about he's our only hope. I mean, he is, but frankly, if that's it, we might as well give up now. I, we just won't win. Let's just accept the fact that we're not very good at any of these things. We're, we're really not, I'm afraid. Especially the football. Especially football. Especially fo- But, of course, it doesn't matter to all the footballers because they're laughing themselves stupid. Of course stupid. they are. They don't care about you at all, I'm afraid. Talking about your hanging baskets. Oh, yeah. There's a bit in the paper today... Uh, that just a tiny little bit hidden away, that uh, we've had the driest first six months of the year for 80 years. Yeah. So I think we can probably uh, bank on getting some hosepipe bands later in the year. Shh, don't mention it. It's, now I you've know, mentioned it. You see, up until now, they'd not thought about it. Oh, they will. They yeah, will. you're right. Hosepipe. Of course, I was all right. I used to use the hosepipe. I used to use it because you can't see us from the road, so I was okay. I didn't get... Not letting my baskets die, mate. I'm terribly sorry. People say, oh, reuse your bath water. I don't have a bath. I have a shower, because it uses less water. But I have got a thing that collects the rainwater off the roof. Uh, big, big question from Brian Reed today in the Mirror. Mark Croft threatening to sell footage of him and Kerry Katona having sex. He says, who too? Animals do the funniest things. <laughs> and, of course, there's now a new ATM machine that dispenses a fiver. For those people who don't have any money, you can go there... And uh, so bank machines are launching a network of £5-only ATMs across the UK. So there's lots of people here. There's one woman here says, I come here just before payday when I've got £8 left. And uh, she says, it's much better than facing the embarrassment of queuing up the bank to withdraw such a small amount of money. Instead, we're all going to be pointing at the ATMs going, £5 only, £5 only over here. That's how it's going to be, isn't it? Because they're also banning those other notes now, the, the £20 notes, the old ones with yes. the old gar on. Yes, they've gone. Kicking those out. They've gone. They've finished yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, it's ridiculous, really, because I, I quite like Elgar, but a £5 bank machine. I quite like Elgar. How ridiculous. <laughs> News headlines, Sam Pittis. An independent review into the government's response. Anyway, nice of your company. Hello. And uh, Dawn says, I thought you were hilarious the other day when you and Alan had a big discussion on where you thought the England football team would be flying. We sat here, Alan Dodgen and I, in the morning, mm-hmm. saying, oh, where are they flying into? Gatwick, and they're doing this and doing that. And Jess said, her, her boyfriend had said they were, they were then taking a plane onto somewhere else. And we couldn't work out where they'd be flying into. And then I read out the news, and the first story was, the England football team are flying into Heathrow this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, I laughed all my way through the, uh, the headlines. Thank you for reminding us of that one, Dawn. Like, I didn't need reminding of it at all. And uh, Linda 
It was 62. Oh, we've done that one, haven't we? It's Linda's birthday, actually. Many, many happies of the day. Nick Ferrari this morning. Should Abu Hamza's son have got longer? He was a thug. He was out there, and the police arrest him. And somebody says no. He's a human rights barrister, Hugo Charlton. I don't know, I don't know why we're bothering now. There's... Um, a family who've systematically robbed us in this country of one and a half million quid. They had a house. They've done the old uh, sponging off the system. And they're on uh, community service. You know, as far as I'm concerned, kick them out. Honestly, we must be stupid in this country. Do you know, we're sending money to asylum seekers abroad who came in here illegally, claimed disability allowance, and then because we sent them home, we're still sending the disability allowance to them. It's a brilliant wheeze, I tell you. I wish I'd, I wish I'd oh. been born, born abroad. Never have to do a day's work. You just come and get some money. And also, should men wear short-sleeved shirts? Yes. Well, apparently, never, says Catherine Ormerod, journalist and stylist at the Sunday Times. Well, that's, she know? Well, that, 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 that's me out the window straight away, I'm afraid, together with Roger Foss, because I think Roger Foss and I have got, and you, and have me. got <laughs> all the short-sleeved shirts in the world. Morning, Roger. Absolutely. Why not? What does she, as Paul says, what does she know about it? Well, is it, women always go, eh, 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 you know what they like, the, well, the Sunday Times journalists, and they think, you know, that, I mean, it's up to men what they wear. I don't tell her, I'm sorry, flowery bras? I don't think so, dear. You know, no, absolutely. plain bras. I like, I like showing my arms off. I like showing my arms off. I like yeah. short sleeves. That, I, in fact, I had to wear <laughs> short sleeves to show your arms the off. over the last... Well, exactly. It's too hot I, um, in the theatre, isn't it? Exa- exactly. You yeah. need short sleeves. So, um, otherwise you have to blow down your blouse. It gets too hot. But, <laughs> Do you nevertheless... know, that's, that's, <laughs> it's not the first time I've done that. I've sat there and you go... <laughs> <laughs> People think you're very odd. Yeah, it is when you've got a whole audience doing it as well. Yes. <laughs> it, I have sat there with, with a programme fanning myself and the person next to me has gone, excuse me, we mind not doing that. Oh, that happened to me. That happened to me the other night at Legally Blonde when Richard Fleishman had his first night, yeah. and I had somebody do it. But I thought, well, the air conditioner had broken down at the Savoy, so no wonder this woman next to me was using her program to fan It's too well. hot. It but, is too uh, no, hot. I don't care what I anybody says. I didn't mind because it, it cooled me down as well. Yeah. But um, I've yeah, actually so... sat there with a little electric fan before now, and I've put it on, and it's been so noisy, I've had to turn it off again. <laughs> oh, I should have. <laughs> Honestly, sitting there with short sleeves and a fan. Well, you see, I'd, a friend of mine, Graham, does not wear short sleeve shirts. He says the only people who should wear short sleeve shirts are pilots for British Airways. Oh, how absurd. But I do find it ridiculous that uh, a well, woman from the Sunday Times is going to be telling us that men should never wear short sleeve shirts. Oh, I, I, well, I've What about women up. wearing sort of these, these skirts that don't have any sleeves on? Yeah, she doesn't know anything about it. I exactly. wouldn't take any notice, Steve. You carry on. Wear I'm your short sleeves. Wear my short sleeve shirts. With, with pride. Absolutely. Wear them with pride. with pride. Well, I wish I'd been out last night. I couldn't go, obviously, because I was uh, up this morning for this. It was Oliver's fiftieth oh, birthday. We knew that Ron Moody was going to pitch up. Yeah, he turned up. Yes, yeah. it, fifty years ago last night. It was uh, at what was then the new theatre down in St Martin's Lane. Oliver opened to this huge standing ovation and they have, people haven't stopped applauding it ever since yeah. and Ron Moody the original Fagin uh, turned up last night after the show had finished after the final curtain the entire company on stage there with him with Russ Abbott and uh, and the rest of the cast all the kids and uh, and Ron Moody got this huge huge round of applause when he arrived and a big cheer and he stood there for what I think was a, a kind of unrehearsed 30 minutes or so, actually. Wow. <laughs> he, he, he went through the book, more or less, and 
even did some Max Miller gags. And uh, I, I, I'm told a lot that it was mostly unrehearsed. There were one or two rehearsed gags between him and Russ Abbott, and uh, and then he did the number. But uh, and 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 I thought. Well, actually, for, for 86, Ron Moody is absolutely fantastic. It was hilarious. He made out, of course, that he couldn't remember where he was or what he was doing, all of that, but it was all very well worked out. <laughs> and there he was doing all this with the entire cast um, in front of a, a huge colour photograph of a smiling Lionel Bart that had been flown down from the flies at Drury Lane. So it was really quite fantastic. And, uh, and, and Ron Moody was was brilliant of course but i also found out afterwards that the stage crew had a sweepstake on how long he would go on for but as far as i think the audience were concerned they wanted it to go on forever and of course they did pick a pocket or two and 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 he led the company in that and did it with russ abbott but you you watch that show and from the moment the curtain goes up mm. it's one huge big hit song after another yeah you know, a fine life as long as he needs me. Um, Be papa, back soon. Um, papa, that's um, how um, it papa. Goes. Yeah, yeah. It's all that reviewing the situation. Where is love? Who will buy? That just goes on and on and on. And I'm so glad that Cameron McIntosh had this hmm? huge photo of Lionel coming down from the flies because it really is a tribute to who is actually was a, a genius. And uh, yes. and I think we need to remember that. Actually, it's great. Well, in fact, it, it, it was it was Cameron who ended up putting money in Lionel Bart's pockets. He had no money left by this time, and well, so when they, when they actually put it back on again, all of a sudden Lionel had some more money coming in. And when you think back to fifty years ago, when Oliver opened, mm. uh, Lionel Bart really was the bee's knees, wasn't yes, he? Because yes. uh, he, he'd done all these uh, songs for Cliff Richard. He'd, written songs in for Tommy Steele's uh, films. And Blitz was another good like musical. He, he followed it up with Blitz. Mm. He followed it up with uh, the, the disaster, of course, Twang. There was yes. Maggie May, but yes. Twang. And then the film of Oliver in, at the end of the 60s. So by the end of the 60s, mm. it started away because in, in many respects it was all over for him, wasn't it? Well, he, was, he ended you know up I mean? doing adverts it, for the Abbey National. Well, yeah. he did after he'd lost all his money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've got to say, uh, the, the cast of this, uh, this production at the Theatre of Drew Lane is absolutely fantastic. It's a replacement cast, really, isn't it? Because yeah. originally we had Jodie Prenger, you know, The People's Nancy, Rowan Atkinson, Byrne Gorman, big kind of cast there, and all the boys been chosen off the TV programme, I'd Do Anything, all those Olivers and yes. Artful Dodgers. But now we've got Kerry Ellis playing Nancy, and... Really, I mean, you know, we know her from two years in Wicked, so mm. she is absolutely sensational. She does as long as he needs me. Those big, big notes at the end hit the roof as of Drury Lane. The rafters are literally kind of singing and, and, and shaking with that note, and I'm sure they still are. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, the whole thing... Actually, strange enough, I mentioned earlier on, uh, George Layton is appearing in the bespoke overcoat by Wolf Mankiewicz at the oh, New yes, End Theatre in Hampstead. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've just been oh, extended. A... 16 years ago, he was Fagin at the Palladium. That's right, he was a Fagin. 16 and, uh, years ago. I know, it's hard to believe, isn't it? He's only 37. I <laughs> 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 don't know how but, it's possible. Of course, <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, another link there, because uh, the bespoke overcoat was written by Wolf Mankiewicz. Yeah. And, and it's about an old tailor, old Jewish tailor, in Fashion Street in Spitalfields, just around the corner from here. 
Well, Wolf Mankiewicz came from Fashion Street. Lionel Bart, uh, in his early years, lived just along the road from there in Princelet Street, yeah. just on the corner there of Brick Lane. So and there is a film of the bespoke overcoat because I was sent it. Really? Yes, I've been sent a copy of the film. I've watched it no end of time, oh. so I know. It's also, it's absolutely, it's gloriously short, says George. One act, yeah. starts at 7.15, you're out at 8. And it's, it's the film somebody like David Kossoff. Or, yes, or, yes, yes, it is David yeah, Kossoff. Right, yes, yeah. well done, yes. But look, I think, um, I think this cast is great. Uh, Russ Abbott, of course, is, uh, is, is brilliant at Fagan. In fact, I think better than, uh, than Rowan Atkinson. I've seen, I've seen Russ it doing before. it. He actually did it at the Palladium, didn't he? At the Palladium, yes. that's right. And Stephen Hartley, who is Bill Sykes, oh, he right. was at the Palladium, too. And Come he's on, fantastic. Oh, blimey. I mean, the kids behind me scream when he came on. He's got this really mm-hmm. gruff, cockney, thug voice and yeah. carries a cudgel. And he, and he sounds a bit like, I thought, a cross between Arthur Smith and Ian Jury. <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but I've got, yeah, the combination is, is actually, the combination in this show, I think, it all adds up. It's Bart plus Dickens equals classic musical. That's yeah. really what it's about. And uh, I, I, it finishes in... Well, beginning of next year, doesn't it? This run at Drury Lane. It's yes. such a big production, it can't really go on tour. So I, I think get it and see it before this cast finishes yeah. in, uh, in December. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Good so I, I, I thought a great evening. It was historic. It's a great tribute to this uh, fantastic cast at the moment, mm. uh, who I think are better than the original. I think this better than the, the originally in this production. I'm not saying about Ron Moody's. Mm. Original production, but um, they've had it's some a good bit ones, like... haven't they? They've had you know with with uh, Omar Jalili. Yes, and, he's uh, all right, Ron Atkinson. and 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 Chris Reece Jones. But you see, Russ Abbott is special because he's used to playing these big comedy theatres like the Palladium, and he's got that combination of uh, Chris Fagin, you know, mm. <laughs> got that fantastic combination of criminality and comedy. It's just, 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 he's got it absolutely too right. And he's not actually too Jewish, I suppose, as well, which is, is, is good in a way. And also he has his own moment. So mm. he's got this little moment when I, I think it's something that he himself created. He was allowed to do it when they did it at the Palladium. And it's, it's, it's just that thing in reviewing the situation when he, he suddenly, in about 30 seconds, goes through the entire <laughs> show. So it's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, had a great time. And, of course, I think, too, with uh, replacement cast, like we were saying about Ben Richards in, in Priscilla, better than Jason, Richard Fleishman in, in Legally Blonde, now actually better than Duncan, Duncan James was. So, uh, uh, oh, better. In, in cast in Legally Blonde. Oh, yes, I think so, because he's, he's 21, isn't he? He's only just turned 21. He's the right age. Oh, is he? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> for this You're not... I hate these young people. I wish they'd all go and <laughs> Listen, I've got to leave it there, but great to talk to you. I'm glad you had a good night. Yes, it was great. Yeah, it was good. So, uh, and, and Ron Moody's probably still there signing autographs. I think so, too. He loves it to pieces. <laughs> Roger, we'll talk to you next week. OK, Steve. Take care. See you then. Bye. Bye. You can have a look at Roger Foss. In fact, you can have a look at everybody on the uh, website. If you go to the LBC website, there's so much to look at. First of all, there's the new Biggin Hill pictures. If you go to lbc.co.uk... Uh, there's also the pictures of all the Steve Allen contributors. If you go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Twitter, then you can have a look at the uh, the hanging baskets as well. 
It's amazing the things we can get you to do on the LBC page. Plus, you can learn how to podcast, and it'll save your life podcasting. You'll go away on holiday, and then you'll go, do you know, I'm so glad I podcasted, because I can take all of the podcasts with me. Uh, thank you to Eve. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. OK, so everybody telling me about that one. Uh, Pat says, uh, did you see Mary Queen of Shops around your neck of the woods in Kingston? They repeated the Corfe Castle shop again in the early hours of this morning. Very good. Very good indeed. I liked it. Uh, liked it a lot. And apparently, in the news it was mentioned that drivers are spending less time at the lights. Maybe it's because they were driving through red lights, as you mentioned earlier. I've never seen so many people driving through red lights. It's absolutely outrageous. It really is. Uh, more in a second. It's LBC. Hello. Nice to have you company. Hello. No, Sam there. Hello, Sam. Hello to you. Hello. Great to talk to you again. Uh, I heard you went out and spent your winnings in one shop. <laughs> that was the 29p shop and you exactly. bought one item. I'd love to think there is a 29p shop somewhere. Well, believe you me, there will be soon, I'm quite sure. There's a great shop near me. It's um, 99p plus or less. Plus or less? Yeah, 99p plus uh, or less. Because we says. do have a 99p shop. Yeah, I know, but 99p plus or less is basically... Any price. It's, it's right. nothing, is it? It doesn't promise anything. I did actually go in Poundland the other day. Yeah. I had a, had a quick... I like looking around there. Some, the staff are a bit nondescript, I'm afraid, in our one. They, they, they sort of stand there. Unlike Marks and Spencer's, where if there's a bit of a queue, somebody rings the bell three times, and that signals to hopefully somebody else working in the shop that, you know, you've got to come and man the tills because we don't want to stand there all day. But Marks and Spencer's in Twickenham have, have competition now mm. because they open at 8 and close at 10. Up the road, in mm. what used to be an old uh, music venue pub, Tesco's have taken it over, and they're going to open from 7 in the morning until 11. Supermarket Wars. It's Supermarket Wars. And so, to be honest with you, I think they should be open 24 hours. Well, you know, people I'm, have I'm, got to sleep. Well, well, they don't have to. do shift work. You know, LBC is 24 hours. Nobody goes, oh, let's actually close at midnight. But we haven't got shelves to restock. We're not restocking the LBC shelves. Uh, but you do need to restock in here. That's it. You need to restock on stories. That's true. And that's why yesterday, and horses in your case, uh, Trump stew... Nicely, uh, nicely said you. Yeah, not yeah, bad, is it? Not bad that. for me, not bad. Uh, out of nine runners, yours came in... Tell me. Seventh. Oh. Yeah, so you lost two pounds. Total loss, 44 pounds and a penny. Alex had rangefinder. Uh. Out of 12, seventh. Well, lost of, two pounds. Sort of found its range. Well, he's still in profit, 34 pounds 68. I was... I'll tell you what. I was buoyed by uh, my uh, string of wins, as I like to call it. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, I'm starting to lose, uh, starting to lose faith again. Steve. Yeah, well, you mustn't. Always be. I've always said to you before, just be positive. I try. Don't ever be negative. Being, being negative is a little bit naff. Well, you know, you've you've got to be positive. Doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I'm I'm always positive about things. No point in being negative. It doesn't get you anywhere. Maybe we should write off the debt. Maybe we should no, just say, No, we're not writing you know off what? the debt, mate. Let's start from scratch. You owe £44 <laughs> and a penny. I'm not writing you've, off the debt. You've had a go, you've had a practice, yeah. you know, you had a bit of a run of Listen, it. you now owe £44 you know and a penny. I'm not writing it off, OK? OK. This is not some third world country. So worth, today we're off to Yarmouth. Yeah. yeah. OK, Yarmouth is nice. Nicest time of year, I should think. Very yeah, good. Good right place now. to go to visit your hubcaps today. and your wheel arches. Uh, the 410, Actia. Win only. Actia. Well, they go at Epsom, Haydock, Newbury, Perth, Redcar, and as you say, Yarmouth. We're going to Haydock, four o'clock maiden stakes, and Captivator. 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 Oh, Captivator. Let's hope it. Uh, yeah. I'm, don't even care. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to. going to leave it at that. It's, yes. it's four to one. It's Captivator. It won't win. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Lovely. Nice to talk to you.
Yeah, and you. Off we go. Colin says, I saw two MiGs collide at Duxford Air Show, late 1990s rather than Farnborough. Only air show I've ever been to. Mm. And uh, also, you've, um, Jenny says, in addition to the advice that Paul gave about having reflective jackets, please advise listeners it must be accessible without getting out of the car. So don't put the jacket in the boot, as you'll still be fined by the French police. Oh, is that right? No, Let's I not go to France. <laughs> it's beginning <laughs> to get ridiculous. <laughs> um, Samaritans have set up a phone line for depressed English fans. The number is 0800 41 41 41. Thank you. Uh, Debbie Harry of Blondie is 65 today. Emma's 18 from her loving Nana. And uh, Maggie says, you carry on wearing short sleeve shirts, Stephen Paul. There's something very sexy about seeing masculine hairy arms. <laughs> right, OK, we'll leave that He one. looked at me and I looked at him. Yeah, and... No. No. No, not at all. Uh, so fascinated by the tale of last night, Oliver says, D, I just covered my face in hand cream. Could have been worse. <laughs> not, not much. Kerry Katona has to prove to a court that she's a good mum. Because apparently, uh, because she was uh, two-time Celebrity Mum of the Year winner. What? Based on what evidence, I've got no idea. She was the only entrant. Yes. But um, now uh, her ex-husband, Mark, is going to court. Uh, she's going to claim that uh, she has to leave the children with other people and she has to go out and earn a living. Well, she hasn't so far done anything at all, I'm afraid. So um, they say uh, the children's rightful place should be with their mum... Uh, he's saying she's not with them all the time, and now he said she's got a new boyfriend. This is not ideal situation. It's it's car crash television, whichever way you look at it. It's you know it's it's whether somebody's good, whether they're bad. It's got nothing to do with us at all. Nothing at all to do. It's between her and the courts. Frankly, I couldn't care less if she falls off the end of Brighton Pier. I'm not remotely interested. I love this idea that she goes out to work just because we've scraped her hair up and put her in a new posh type outfit. It's still the same old Kerry Katona underneath. Let me tell you. Uh, Paul says, did you say Jenny B takes nothing for her diabetes? Well, she does, but she takes homeopathic remedies. She doesn't take what I would take. He says, I've got ten friends with a condition, and all of them are on metformin or insulin, as well as diet control. He says, I'm glad you enjoyed Biggin Hill. I was brought up there and enjoyed every air show. Lovely. It really was very, very good. And Derek says, um, apparently, we love you, of course, but it's only old geezers and Philip Schofield that wear short sleeve shirts. What? In the middle of summer, you wear a long sleeve shirt. I've never anything like it. I mean, you, you obviously haven't been out of the country ever before, Derek. Because, you know, you go to America, or Hawaii, so you've probably not been there either, and they all wear short sleeve shirts. You go to Bangkok, mm-hmm. everybody, short sleeve shirts. Everybody's wearing short sleeve shirts. So, not old geezers, it's... I mean, perhaps people like you haven't been anywhere. You know, and perhaps have lived in the same little road for, like, 25 years, and... You know, just got the same long sleeve shirt. You've got to wear short sleeve shirts. Everybody wears them. In fact, I don't think I've seen anybody with long sleeve shirts in America since I've since I've been going there. And no. Paul, Paul here has got you know cornered the market <laughs> in short sleeve shirts. Just the uh, <laughs> just the financial district in yeah. America wears long. I don't know why shirts. people are getting funny about short sleeve shirts. It's not no, normal, it's weird, is it? Isn't it? I'm sure Nick Ferrari's got a complete run of short sleeve shirts. I'm, yeah, I think he's actually got loads. I'm, I'm starting that, that rumour now, actually. I'm sure he's got loads of short sleeves and vests. He wears vests as well. Picture of all the papers today of poor little um, George Lineker. This is Gary Lineker's 18-year-old drip of a son, who yes. they're trying to link with lots of women to make out that he's a bit of a Lothario. He can't even handle his drink. He's pictured all the papers today being carried out of a bar uh, with his little friends. He's 18, and he looks a bit nerdy, I'm afraid. 
Um, they, they, they tried to link him to a, was it a, a Big Brother contestant. She ditched him after a while because apparently he's got nothing to talk about. He, he does look a bit, a little bit like that. And uh, here he was being helped out of Mahiki by security and friends, bundled into a cab with four girls. He does look a bit of a drip, though. If you saw him in a club, you go, who's, who's your daddy? And your um, Lineker footballer. Oh, right, dear. So there's a picture of him here. He's, his, his friends look as geeky as he does, I'm afraid. All a bit sad. Um, that's about it in the papers today, I'm afraid. It's dreadful. Although the Wimbledon shots on the television, people are complaining they're, they're too sexy. Yes. To be How honest ridiculous. With you, it is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Tennis fans have blasted telebosses for letting voyeuristic cameramen film sexy women. Well, if most of the cameramen are gay, I shouldn't imagine them remotely bothered. Why would they be worried about something like that? And also, these women wear short skirts. I think you have to. Well, and the yes. men are wearing short sleeve shirts as well at Wimbledon. I don't know why. They should be really covered in full burkas. Surely you concerned. can play tennis now in, in long skirts. Long sleeve Because shirt. it's fast. Yes. You'd be falling over them, wouldn't you? It is true. But I'll tell you the one thing I cannot stand. It's the noise. Oh, uh, uh, well, who was the one that used oh, to this grunt? Tr- oh, this one this year who's so noisy. And you, th- I want to say, excuse me. Can you just knock the ball over the net, Popsikins, without making so much noise? Or at least, can we not hear it on the television? Oh, it's... uh, I mean, I make that noise when I'm putting my socks on in the morning, but that's different. I'm elderly. (laughs) And you're on your own. And I'm on my own as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's not nice. (laughs) Well, I assume you're on your own. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm putting my socks... You do do that. Paul Ross told me about that years ago. He said, you know you're getting on a bit when you bend down to put your socks on. And you can't reach. You can't reach. I dropped a bit of biscuit the other day, and I went, no, I'll get the hoover. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier, ladies and gentlemen, a oh lot dear. easier. Paul. You'd love this. <laughs> There's a Cambridge schoolboy who's converted two budget vacuum cleaners into a Spider-Man gadget, which helps that. him scale walls. Hibby Kono, his name is, he's Welsh. <laughs> he's Welsh. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a, he's a fan of the superhero, made the incredible climbing machine using the two suction pads from two Tesco value vacuum cleaners. The schoolboy then amazed his friends by using the giant sucker pads to climb the school wall during morning assembly. I used to dress up as Spider-Man when I was younger, and I love all the films, so it's great to be able to climb the walls like him, he said. Hibiki spent five months designing and making the gadget in his design technology classes at King's College School in Cambridge. He used two 1,400-watt vacuum cleaners bought for just £14.98 each from Tesco and attached square wooden pads to the nozzles. Design technology teacher Angus Gent said, I'm hugely proud of him. When he came to me with the idea at the beginning, I had my doubts, but once he proved it could be done, I encouraged him. Ah, oh, you see? All this knocking of children nowadays, and you get intelligent lads like that. That's what I like. Unlike the morons who are on a motorway bridge on the M1 in Bedfordshire... And these two, let's just call them mentally charged people, because quite clearly, they're throwing rocks from the bridge onto the cars underneath. Mm. Now, so far, the police haven't caught them, but uh, it can only be a matter of time before somebody's killed, because if you're driving... First thing I do when I drive down the motorway, if I go onto a bridge, first thing I do is look up, because you do get these mindless children, uh, Mm. and they throw things. I mean, I frankly, I mean, you know what they are, you know what sort of families they come from, you know what their parents are like, because their parents are generally on the Jeremy Kyle show. And uh, these, these thugs, there was an ambulance that went under there and they threw a rock onto the windscreen. 
Now, I mean, to be quite honest, these children need to be caught as soon as possible. It's Bedfordshire. Can't be difficult. They're aged between about 13 and 15. They've got pictures in the paper today. And they were on the Luton Rugby Club at Slip Road End at 8.37pm. Not even supposed to be out. I think we should have curfews on these children. And if not, you take the parents into care, because they're quite clearly rather stupid parents, if you've got children like this. I find it absolutely unbelievable. But, uh, you know, we know that they're all out there, the stupid, and we generally give them television programmes. Hence the one at the moment on the television, where you've got three chavs from Peckham and three so-called posh girls. And you've got one of the chavs who's quite clearly just playing up to the cameras. Nobody can be that stupid or that ugly on the television. Go, yeah, but no, but, yeah, but no, but. Yeah, why don't you wear this thing here? And this girl's going, but I don't, I don't want to sort of flaunt my sexuality. And, of course, she's actually quite pretty. Mm-hmm. And she's the daughter of a vicar, and she's a committed Christian. And this girl in Peckham's going, but why, why do you have to wear a bra? You know, why can't you just go out with your boobs hanging out, because then the men are going to like you? And I'm thinking, are you as stupid and as, as thick as I think you are? Because I'm watching you on the television, love, and I'm thinking, you might as well just give up now. I mean, and, th- and then she's going, yeah, but, you know, because you're like posh girl, aren't you? But she talks like that. And I'm thinking, I mean, it, it just beggars belief that there's people as thick as that out there. It really is quite... And always bad dye jobs on the hair. Have you noticed? They always badly dye the hair. Yes. Horrible. 14 to 7. With the headline, Sam Pittis. An independent review into the government's response to... Point three. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 12 minutes to 7. Uh, Katy Perry. Do you know, I'm not a fan of Katy Perry. I'm really not. I think she's vastly overrated. Vastly overrated. But anyway, she's bought her mum a facelift. Oi, ugly. We bought you a facelift. (laughs) And in (laughs) fact... (laughs) Strangely I'm sure enough, it was delivered with love. Her pastor like father. Her, her father is a pastor in a church, and he's he's told the congregation about. It. He said he likes it so much. He says that the results are so good. He's worried she'll be mistaken for Katie's sister. Hey, what sort of family are you, for God's sake? Hello, Mum. I bought your facelift. Why? He's well, I think you're really not attractive. His wife, Steve. Yeah, right. Of course. He I'm is. sorry. You don't need to have a facelift. You don't need. S- anyway, no, don't. other stories in the papers today. <laughs> <laughs> only joking, only joking. Uh, what else we got in the paper today? There's a waterfall that's dried up, apparently. Because you're right, you know, I'm a bit worried that Paul is right. There'll be all this hot weather. Very shortly, it's going to be hosepipe ban. And mm. also, not allowed... You have to put bricks in your cistern and all that kind of... We've had this before, because the buffoons who run the water companies are so stupid. They don't know how to conserve water. No, I know. They don't have this in Las... They don't go to Las Vegas in the middle of the desert and go, I'm terribly sorry, there's no water today. They go, what do you mean there's no water? Well, we just haven't got it. It's been very hot. It's the desert. Yes, I know. You go to Vegas, what are they doing? They're watering all day long. The sprinklers are everywhere. on. The pool, everywhere. <laughs> yes. You can't move for water. Come over here, England, the third-rate country, and we have no water. Well, we're too busy giving our money away oh. to people that... Uh... It's just ludicrous what we don't have. In winter, we can't run trains. Wrong snow, wrong leaves. Wrong, you can't get the drivers to work. Little, little Robert Crowe, short of being in the papers after a couple of hours, uh, wants to bring all the unions together to bring the country to its knees. You don't need to worry about that sweetness. It'll happen all by itself. You know, you have to go to court now to get people off Parliament Square because they all go, we, we, we have rights, we're allowed to camp here. And you No, think, they're not. Oh, for, well, they've been given till Friday. They're not allowed to turn it into a toilet, which is what they've done. Well, they've all, the, most of them have said now, we're, uh, we're, we're not going without a battle. Well, they should have what a battle. What sort of stupid people are these? Well, I hope we get tough with them. If they don't listen to the ruling, you know, democratically come to by court, then they should send in the police and 
throw them into jail and See, throw I'm away starting a new party. I've decided that I'm going to start the Steve Allen Militants. And what we do is we do the job for the police. All these people go, we're not going. And we get about 200,000 like-minded Brits who go down there and kick them off. And we get pensioners down there whacking them over with umbrellas and everybody else. And, you know, and old ladies going, get off, punch. You know, get out. And all this... Brilliant idea. Don't faff around Hell's with the Hell's grannies. Hell's grannies. I think it would be a good idea. I think we should do it. It's a, it's a brilliant idea. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the picture of the Titanic uh, bouncy castle. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's, I mean, I'm, having it's looked at it now, it's tasteless, it? it is. And uh, Paul Bristow died. Now, you don't know who Paul Bristow is. Um, oh, do you? Mm, yeah, who who yeah, do you think he is? Oh, gosh. I'll tell you now, he was a lottery winner. But what he'd done, uh, he scooped 15 million and they became known as the most generous jackpot winners because they started giving their money away to all good causes. Uh, they, they, they celebrated with a caravan holiday and they had new carpet, but they paid half a million to take the, uh, their scout troop to a jamboree in Canada, funded another trip. To, they constantly bought things for loads of other people. Mm. He dropped dead of a heart attack the other day at 58. <laughs> Um, but his, his wife will will con, will carry on going on. He also uh, led a syndicate to bail out Torquay United. He actually did, seems a bit daft, doesn't it? Just a Accrington Stanley. <laughs> and and what what he actually did was he actually did something good with his money. Yeah. As opposed to most people who who don't do anything good with their money. Uh, Peter says no companies should be allowed to pay bonuses until they've cleared their pension fund deficits. And Mark says I'm 16 and still wear a vest under shirts. T-shirts and even sleeveless T-shirts. Oh. Bit of a worry there. Bit mm. of a worry, Mark. But, you know, mm. not sure about... Well, maybe vest. just feels the cold. What? Yes, you have mittens on elastic, so when you pull one down, it shoots up the other sleeve as well. And you have, you have your name sewn in your pants. Has it got your name at the back? I, I used to... Days of the week. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yes. Uh, short sleeve shirts, horrible on men, says Francis. I can't take Philip Schofield seriously since he started wearing them. Have you ever been abroad? I mean, I don't. I mean, you can't walk round Hong Kong or anywhere abroad without people in short sleeve shirts. In fact, I don't think they make Hawaiian shirts in long sleeve. No. Nope. No. Why? What are these women worrying about? I mean, I've seen women going out there without sort of tights on, with bare, spotty, hairy legs, and oh <laughs> dear me, goodness sake, they look a little bit East European and Russian. I've I have no idea why people are bashing short sleeve shirts. Funny about it all of a sudden. I don't know. Don't like it because they're trying to. Uh... Be hip and trendy like this woman in the paper. Well, I shall continue wearing short sleeve shirts. I will continue wearing them. And so will I. Because in protest I th- now. Because you couldn't have this in long sleeve. This is a linen, casual, very expensive shirt, and it comes in short sleeves. Mm. Your one comes in short sleeves. Why would you want to wear long sleeves? I don't like wearing long sleeves. Dick, why do we get so funny about it all of a sudden? That's why I'm beautifully tanned. You are beautifully tanned. And I like the idea of having little red arms, and then when I take my shirt off, there's <laughs> like a tidal ring. Red arms. There's like a tidal ring around <laughs> there. <laughs> the best. Paul. Steve, a runaway tortoise has been found by a worried owners after nearly two years. Good. After running... <laughs> For two years, she got a mile and a half from home. Lottie the tortoise disappeared just two days after she'd been given to schoolgirl Maddie Tibble as a ninth birthday present. The enterprising reptile escaped out of the back garden and into adjoining school playing fields. 
Maddie of Grey's Essex was naturally very upset, but eventually accepted she would never see her tortoise again. Tortoise. It's a turtle. <laughs> but 22 months later, Lottie was found plodding down a road on the far side of the playing fields, just one and a half miles from home, despite having to fend for herself and having to endure one of the hardest winters in decades. She survived in fine health. Lottie was handed into local vets who were able to return the pet to her astonished owner because she'd been fitted with a microchip. Wow. Hardly worth it for a tortoise. Oh, of course it is. They're wonderful We never creatures. had a tortoise. I did. Really? I, I did. thought they were dead boring. You can buy them anymore, can you? Tortoises, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure you can. I just thought they were boring. They didn't do anything, did they? It's not like a dog where you could teach it a tree. You couldn't teach a tortoise, tortoise to do anything. Because they're just so slow. They just, although you know, they'll they'll chase a dandelion leaf. I always remember everything I think of a tortoise. I always remember Desperate Dan from the Dandy. Really? What does he have? Had these pies, and there was a story where somebody substituted the pies for tortoises. (laughs) Do you remember one foot in the grave where he started the bonfire and suddenly realised that the tortoise had hibernated in it? (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't laugh at. She wasn't at all funny. (laughs) This short sleeve shirt thing, or trousers, says Patricia. Men's hirsute limbs are unsightly, especially dark-haired men, and it's naff and common to display them in public. What is the matter with everybody today? Well, then we're not. I've never heard anything like it. But we haven't got hairy arms. We're well, even if I had hairy arms, it's got nothing to do with people what I'm wearing on my body. I mean, goodness sake, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's like going out, you know, all the different... You know, women, you say, excuse me, I can see your bra through. I mean, sometimes she comes in in very short things. Mm. And I've had to remonstrate with her. I've had to say, excuse me, there's people in this building who might be affected by what you're wearing. Luckily, I'm not one of them. So, you know, and you, and you look at and you have to tell her. She's got to be told that she's reached an age now where she can't wear short <laughs> skirts that short. Well, you know, and also she's Chinese, <laughs> and so I'm not having anything to do with it. So next time she comes in, I want to see you wearing full-length skirts, please, Mrs. Next Door. Come in here. Well, I'll wear full-length sleeves, then, if it pleases you. I realise I'm a bit of a tempter on that. You know, you go home and use me as a fantasy, I realise, but there you go. <laughs> Doesn't work the other way around. Paul, a pleasure as always. <laughs> Indeed it this, was. This short sleeve shirt thing's going to run forever, I promise you. I'm sure Nick Ferrari's got loads of short sleeve shirts. Look, he's wearing short... What is it with everybody? Why are people going on about it? It's a T-shirt. Oh, well, they don't do long sleeve T-shirts, do they? Yes, they do. I don't want anything short sleeved anymore. Well, too much flesh. On th- I'm going back with Queen Victoria. Paul's next week, are you with us? Yes. How fabulous. Nick Ferrari is with you after the news at uh, seven this morning. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at five. Do go to the LBC website, please. It helps my uh, my contract renewal. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 2.5.